Welcome back to Koinonia. My guest is Joel Fritz, Executive Pastor of Living Streams Church. Joel, you've been on before, but I want to get to know you a little more up close and personal on this interview. Um, tell us what your conversion experience was like. What You were raised in Tucson, mm-hmm. home of believers. How did the Lord really get a hold of your heart? Well, how much do you want to know here today? Because <laughs> I could talk for an hour more. Give it, but... <laughs> keep it PG-13. <laughs> PG-13 version, maybe five, ten minutes. Uh, let me see. My conversion experience is an interesting one because it began early. I really did have uh, a pair of godly parents who mm. loved and served the Lord Jesus Christ. And they came to know Jesus in the uh, the movement in the 70s, and they were pretty much uh, Christian hippies. So that was pretty exciting. But uh, to hear the stories, at least, about that. Um, but I came to know Jesus when I was very young. I distinctly remember the moment, and this is significant to me. Um, I was uh, on a camping trip with my parents, and I remember heating up a stick in the fire and like any good boy would, mm-hmm. uh, playing with it, watching it right. burn, in the, burn in the night air. But I also wanted to see what it looked like to burn my brother with it. Sure. <laughs> so I, I stuck him. him, poked him. And uh, watched him howl, and my mom used the opportunity to explain exactly why Jesus Christ needed to die <laughs> for my sins. And uh, I distinctly remember repenting and and not wanting that for myself, wanting mm-hmm. Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. And I do believe that he entered my heart and that uh, my life did change to a degree at that point. But in my story, as uh, I think it goes with many people, there was a long period, like a real season of famine in my mm-hmm. life, especially from when I was around 10 or 11 years old till I was uh, well into my teen years, uh, around my senior year. And it was at that point in between my junior and senior year when I had no interest in God whatsoever, had most interest in partying and it, uh, just kind of seeing what the world had to offer, mm-hmm. seeing what what kind of fulfillment and joy and experience I could bring to myself. When the Lord just collided with me, he really grabbed my attention. He used three distinct uh, instances in the summer between my junior and senior year when mm-hmm. I was 17 years old. And uh, the first one was going on a trip, those trips that we always uh, hear about or I remember participating in as a youth pastor out mm-hmm. to California. So I went with a group of people from a church in Tucson, and we went out there, and I just remember being in an auditorium, and though I'd go to church every single week and hear some sort of a sermon or not really, I remember mm-hmm. really hearing the Word of God uh, for the first time in quite a while. And distinctly, I remember praying. I remember bowing my head and talking to God for the first time in at least six or seven years. And that was a very significant moment for me. But then I also found myself wandering outside of the uh, this auditorium and looking up at the stars and having kind of a, a moment of connection with the Lord and realizing that it, it wasn't just about a good feeling or coming into some sort of friendship with Jesus in that way, that he wanted things from me, that uh, mm-hmm. if I were going to truly submit my life and follow him, that he wanted me to do it his way. And that caused me to take out a, a fake ID that I kept mm-hmm. in my wallet for a little extra fun on the side and look at that thing. And it wasn't very old. I'd paid a, mm-hmm. a few hundred dollars for it. And I looked at it and uh, well, I put it back in my wallet and decided that now wasn't the time. I didn't want to commit my yeah. life to the Lord to that degree. And so he had to get my attention through a few other things. Um, a trip to, this is where it gets funny, but a trip to Kansas City, Missouri for a, a computer competition that I was a part of mm-hmm. in which a Christian teacher from my high school, Santa Rita, was leading it. Uh, his name is Tom Murrow. I'll never forget the guy uh, because Tom Murrow approached me after, um, 
after a night, uh, we were all in the same hotel room. This is odd, but we were all in the same hotel room, and another guy and I were staying up and watching uh, movies that had some pornography in them. Mm -hmm. And he confronted me the next morning, and he, he, uh, to my face, said, I just want you to know I'm aware that your family are Christians, uh, and I just want you to know that I don't see any Jesus Christ in you whatsoever. Wow. That's that was a, like, you've heard of no condemnation well this is no affirmation <laughs> no witness and the lord does exactly what we need at the time that we need it and i don't, I don't know that i'd recommend this methodology but here's a guy that it had did. walked with me in life for three years yeah. and was committed to me as an individual and i think i knew that i think he knew that and it was lord a pretty firm him. rebuke huh it was a huge <laughs> rebuke so it all ended in uh, the third third encounter the Lord had with me was at the end of that summer. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of that summer, I was at a camp in Washington uh, State called Furwood. And a and there was a camper, uh, a leader in training, they called him, who drowned. Mm -hmm. um, ironically, or maybe not ironically, because the Lord is at work in the midst of this, uh, he was a part of Living Streams. I was not. I was uh, living in Tucson, and um, so part of your church, Mark, right. and here's this guy, right. and he died. His name was Dan Murrow, and um, they had a memorial service for him. And when they had that memorial service, people stood up and remembered Dan and the things that he had done uh, that affected them in their lives. And I was confronted with the reality that my life was uh, all but worthless at that point. In, in other words, opinion. if they had a memorial service for you, there wouldn't have been a lot of people standing up with very edifying things to say. Huh? They more or less would have stood up and you know held held up uh, some drinks or something like that. And yeah, <laughs> we could have toasted one another, and that would have been about it. But I felt at that moment the Lord presented me with two options, and He said, uh, "Submission is going to be equal fulfillment for mm -hmm. you. Uh, if you'll give your life to Me, I'll have a road of significance and purpose for you." But otherwise, you can go the other route, but but don't expect it to have very much. And I really believe uh, that that was a moment when I submitted my life to the Lord, and my life has not been the same since. I haven't looked back. And that was 21 years ago, so it's been uh, an awakening since then. I really felt yeah. like I came alive. Uh, Dan Murrow was our next-door neighbor, as a matter of fact, and he was in and out of our house for years and best friends with my fr son, Phil, and um, it's... It was heartbreaking for us when Daniel died, but it's so c comforting and encouraging to know that you're part of the fruit of his life because his life was a testimony. And when a young person dies, there is a powerful release of grace and, and in a way that isn't the case for when an older person died. I did a couple of memorial services um, in the last month, and one was for a 90-year-old man who loved the Lord, wonderful guy, uh, part of our church, and everybody know he, he went to heaven and lived a great full life. And another was for a 28-year-old young man, and when he died, it just tore everybody's heart because nobody expected it, you know. And um, the good news is nobody dies in vain. When they're in Christ, God brings fruit mm -hmm. through their life. And the important thing is while we're living— Let's do our giving because you can't do any giving when you die. Everybody leaves it all behind. Mm -hmm. So, Joel, you developed um, not just a faith in Christ, but a passion to do ministry. Tell us about mm -hmm. that. That was something that really genuinely took me by surprise. Uh, after I submitted my life to the Lord, I 
spent some time wandering, wandering, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, had some plans, and I ended up going to Youth with a Mission, which is a really interesting and unique program put on uh, by that that organi- missions organization, Youth with a Mission. And they have a three-month uh, program where you, for three months, um, it's a six-month program, three months you spend time in, like, Bible study yeah. with other people, and then the next three months you go off uh, somewhere in the world. And I went and did that, and that was a special time Where did you go? Me. I actually went to the north shore of uh, the Big Island of Hawaii, Mm-hmm. It's called Makapala. Makapala, uh, I've been there. Yeah, so big um, YWAM house there. It it. Well, and, I don't know if they have it any longer because I think they consolidated into right. the Kona base. But right. yeah, I loved it. Yep. A uh, really special place and a special time in my life. And during that time, um, it was what I realized is that I wanted to put God before everything, before mm-hmm. career, before studies, before anything. And that was special for me because it opened the door to ministry in a new way uh, that I had not ever thought about before, that I really did want to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ in some way. Now, that wasn't pastor at that time. Mm -hmm. That was just I wanted to do something. And um, so I stepped away from that experience and and, uh, went back to Furwood after that uh, to be a camp counselor, and that was kind of my first step. Spent another summer there? Yep. How was that? It was awesome. It was a really incredible experience. I mean— for me, it felt like I was giving back at the place that the Lord had given so much to me. Right, from. right. And so I served the kids, and I had a wonderful time. I loved it up there. Um, but that was probably my first encounter with any sort of ministry. After that, uh, I was invited by my church to lead a couple of events, and I threw a paintball outing. And I have to say, it was pretty good. Maybe this was how he hooked me, but I, uh-huh. I, I remember just cleaning up in the paintball oh, war. Oh, you, you won, know? huh? <laughs> I pretty much won everything. And then I was hooked from that day forward, so... There is something really fulfilling about doing ministry. I started teaching a Bible study when I was 21 years old, and I had led some kids to the Lord at Stinson Beach or Mm -hmm. hitchhikers that I had picked up coming back in Northern California from the beach, and they asked me to teach a Bible study, and I said, no, I can't do it. I don't know enough. And then a couple weeks later, they asked again, and I showed up, and when I started teaching on a regular basis, it made me dig into the Word. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd be too nervous. I couldn't even eat dinner on the night that I was teaching a Bible study. It was like yeah. way too big of a deal for me, you know. But it's very fulfilling, isn't it? It is. And what was really special is shortly after that time, uh, my church called and asked if I wanted to become a part-time youth pastor, which was honestly somewhat foreign to me. I didn't Mm -hmm. really have any idea what that meant. And I did exactly what you just said. All I did was read the Bible and then pull kids together and just share what I was learning with them. And the next thing you knew, I also knew what a great uh, camp experience I I had at Furwood, and I Mm -hmm. wanted to offer that to other kids. And so the next thing you knew, I planned a camp. And at that camp, we had 30, 40 kids come. And these kids did not know Jesus, the majority of them. And I remember the Holy Spirit just really dropping on that place and the Lord really? moving in hearts. And I saw 15 or 20 kids come to know the Lord. And I was a 20, literally had just turned 21 at that mm-hmm. point. And I watched the Lord do something absolutely amazing. It was totally out of my control. And it was yeah. so special, something that I don't even know that I've encountered since then in mm-hmm. ministry. But it was so wonderful to get out of the way and watch the Lord work. And and since then, I, I could just sit here for the next hour and tell you all the stories of the lives of those kids who the Lord grabbed hold of at that moment um, and did something with uh, tragedy and tremendous success out of that group. Um, but I was there, and I got to be a part of the Lord doing something really special. There's a couple of things I'm thinking as you're saying that. One is when we get outside of our normal 
relationships, it's very significant. Um, when we get away from uh, the, the regular job and the, the regular going to church and go on a camp or go on a mission, and we're going to talk about that when we come back, as well as some other things. My guest is Joel Fritz. Stay tuned to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley. We'll be right back. 